calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are on today with a special guest, fan of the show, and very dear friend. His name is Jonathan Alexander, and he also has a Blog Talk Radio podcast right right here on this same station. Johnny, tell people how they can reach you also. It's Live Laughter Happiness. Life Laughter Happiness is the name of the show. And you've been on our show quite a few times. You've been, I've always, I've been following your Oprah search for years. (laughs) I mean, with you, every time that, actually, it's funny. Can I tell that? I mean, there's a story that came that was many years ago where I had a, I had found out that there was this reality television show that Oprah was doing. And apparently I decided that because the winner got their own television show. So I told I told Linda about it. Well, Linda tries out for it. So I, I hear about it, and that she wakes up at five o'clock in the morning. Automatically, when I hear this story, I'm thinking well, I have the Mission Impossible thing going on in my head because she's getting ready and she's getting dressed and everything. And I'm thinking, wow, that sounds just like her. And that was what made me, you know, I'll never forget that. It's hysterical. I'll never forget it either. And I actually dragged Sean all the way down to Orange County (laughs) there with me. He was cheering me on. I made a couple of cuts, but I didn't make the finals. I didn't make the ones where they ship you off to Chicago or wherever it was. But uh, anyway, it was a really fun experience. And it was a good opportunity to go live and to show what you can do and make yourself shine. So I'm very appreciative. And here we are all these years later, and you're still looking out for me in that regard, and I very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so. Well, I think that the other day you and I had a discussion about two things that are often said in regards to dating. Is that why you wanted to do this? Or? Yes. So before we get into that, my audience, you can call in. Johnny has a couple of dating questions. They're very popular phrases that you've heard a thousand times each. And we want you to chime in. It's so easy to chime in. All you have to do is call 323 323- Again, that number is 323-642-1677, or you can hit us up on the chat line right here at blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT Linda Gross. All right, so let's just do one at a time. So, Johnny, present your question. And let's ask the audience, do you believe this statement? You don't believe it? Maybe it's true, sometimes true. All right, go for it. Well, the question number one. Yeah, the first statement that you often hear with regards to dating is there's plenty of fish in the sea, okay? Yeah. There's There's even a website. There's even a dating website by that same name because they believe in that so much that there really are – plenty of fish in the sea. Now, what do you want to ask me? You want to ask me if it's true or not or what I yeah, what my point is? if you think that's a good thing to say to somebody because I think that there's a second phrase that we'll get to that in a minute, but the reason I wanted to ask your opinion on it is because 
see, I don't think that's such a good phrase to tell people, especially, especially if the person you're talking to is some high school teenager, because <laughs> it's like, oh, there's plenty of fish in the seat. No, there isn't. Okay, when you're at that age, you can't drive, and you are basically, you're not in the sea, you're in a fishbowl. I mean, seriously, you don't, you're not going to, I mean, what girl are you going to meet? And secondly, no adult is going to let you alone with a woman. So what do they mean, fish in this sea? I never liked that at all. I tend to agree with you. I think if you're looking at it from a global point of view, there are plenty of fish in the sea. There's 8 billion people on the planet. So in theory, if you look at it overall, there should be fish. But that's only if you have no parameters whatsoever and you're happy to ride whatever fish comes along. Right. Which we know that doesn't happen in real life. The girl wants a six-pack or six figures or six feet tall, and the guy wants somebody that looks like a high-fashion model. So in general terms, I'm saying. But everybody has particulars. So now you've lessened those particulars. Maybe your ideal girl is in Hungary or your ideal girl is in Argentina or wherever it is. So there's geography at play here. So maybe the population of your town is 100,000 people and the available girls in your age bracket, heck, maybe there's only 10,000, let's say. All right. So of the 10,000, you got to narrow that down more that she's got to be a non-smoker or she's got to be healthy or she has to go to the health food store once a week and buy organic food or whatever your issues are. Now that 10,000 with every new construct, with every new parameter that you place, that number gets smaller and smaller. So now, Johnny, if you say, well, she's got to be smart, I don't want a dummy, or maybe she needed to go to college, or maybe I need her to play sports, I play tennis, so I want her to play tennis. Now that 10,000 figure just went downhill to maybe 175 or whatever. Yeah, and you'll never find anybody that has all of them. Even if you do, the geography gets in the way. And the truth is, is that there are just so many people now that have never been married and have no kids. So that's the plenty of fish in the sea. Do you want me to go on with the second one? Yeah, have we exhausted this one? Is there anything more to say on the, well, the plenty sure of fish? That, I'm sure there is, but I think that once I give you the second one, we can go back and forth between the first and the second one. You want to do All that? Right. Okay. Well, I think the plenty of fish... It's one of those sayings where it sounds good, but it's not really true. It sounds good. And again, the higher the socioeconomic level you are, the higher the education level you are, you might not want to pick somebody who's at the other end of the spectrum than you. Not Um, only that, your teachings are the four C's. And I remember the video, the first video that I saw that you did, and it went something like this. You said 90% of men don't have a clue. Right. And so that's, that automatically takes the ocean and cuts it down to a tenth. And you said that 5% have it, give it right some of the time, and then 5% get it right all. So basically that cuts the ocean down to a 120th. Right. Okay. And the reason... This is bugging me 
the reason that a lot of people don't understand is that the reason it bothers me is plenty of things in the sea implies that meeting women is easy. If they were easy, they wouldn't be dating. And it wouldn't explain why you can have one 50-year-old that is a grandparent and then another 50-year-old that's never married or never met anybody. Why does that happen? It's a little more complicated than just, if you go by the concept plenty of fish in the sea, that there'd be no dating problems. It's a little more complicated than just, oh, there's women all over. No, there's not. And the reason that I believe that there isn't Mm-hmm. is because most of the social settings that you are in are not conductive to dating. They're conductive to other things. Like you go to the bank, you go to the bank cash a check, but when you go to the bank cash a check, you're not going there to date or find someone. You're just going there to cash the check. So it's probably not going to be a dating environment. Unless um, you make it such. You could, but it would be out of place to do so. See, like, for instance, I was on Tinder, and one of the people that I ran into on Tinder was the office manager for my dentist. Okay? Yeah. But I would not ask the office manager and my dentist to go out on a date when I went to the dentist. I just wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm about ready to be going under, and they're putting me in a chair, and they're poking prodding, but they're not asking. It's not going to be, let's ask this person out. Mm-hmm. Or even something simple like running into somebody at a restaurant. It's just not, it's not a dating environment. It's just not a dating environment. And I think this does lead itself into the next question. Okay. Okay. Because this is why the next comment that really bothers me is the it'll happen when you least expect it comment, that it just falls in your lap. First of all, this is why this bothers me. It bothers me because a lot of the women that I've heard have said this later on break up with the guy. And two, and I'm not trying to be sexist, but I mean, being a men's advocate, you probably would agree with me here. I am socially expected to make the first move. Right. I can't do that by accident. There was once I was a member of eHarmony one time, and mm-hmm. so was my sister. And I saw what our back offices looked like. And for matches, I had like seven matches. She had seven pages. Wow. Because everybody expects me to open up and make the first move. Nobody is expecting my sister Cassie to do it. Yeah. So, and the move also implies that, because when you talk about the four C's, and this goes back and ties into it too, those four C's are not things that just happen naturally with guys. You have to make a conscious decision to develop them. And that means that... If they were natural... The men wouldn't need my book. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're attainable, they're doable, they're easily doable, but it's not something that it's obvious. Because if it were that obvious, right, if it were that obvious, everyone would be doing it already. 
So these yeah. are tools that you already have at your fingertips. You just have to put them into play. And by the way, for new listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, Johnny is referencing the tenets of my book, The Science of Mastering Women, The Science of Mastering Women. You can find it on Amazon. And I contend that based on 10 years of academic research and interviewing over 20,000 men, that if you do these four tenets, you can win over any woman, anywhere, anytime. So those tenets are confidence, connect with her, caring, and consistency. Sometimes I call consistency character. So anyway, you need those tips. So let's get back into your thing on why you're so upset with that quote. I think what you're saying is that maybe the quote only applies to women, but it doesn't apply to men because there's a inherent suggestion that the man should step forward first. Well, I mean, I don't know about women, okay? I can tell you that, in my opinion, that their argument is nonsense. So I started asking men, you know, what they thought, and they did not say it would happen when you least expect it. They said that you have to really know someone before you love them, and which is interesting because, see, I will say that men, I, I do I do think that from what I've understood, the women know quickly if they like the person. Yes. But it's like immediately. But see, this is the problem, though. Even if I know it quickly, I'm still expected to make the first move. I'm still expected to just say, go out there and talk. I mean, you have to have open communication. It's like waiting for a guy to come over and talk to a woman. It isn't as natural as aging. It's not that simple. You have to talk to the woman. Otherwise, they just won't work. And men are expected to make the first move. Why is it that they tell men, oh, it will happen when you least expect it? Where did that come from? I think this sentence applies better to women than to men, because I agree with everything that you're saying. I agree that since there's an expectation that the guy should come forward first, meaning that it's not going to just drop from the sky, so it's not unexpected, it most definitely is expected, because the guy usually has to make some effort to make the first move. He's got to get the digits, he's got to make the phone call, do the text, walk over to her, whatever it is, that's the expected. And then the second part, I also agree with you, for men, love doesn't come that easily. Per my book, based on my research, for men, love comes in about 90 days. It doesn't come instantaneously. For a woman, it comes in five minutes. She knows in five minutes, boom, this is going to happen. This is going to be my guy, whatever. But usually most men, of course, there's always exceptions to the rule. Most men are pretty slow with this. They start from a point of lust or perhaps we can call it chemistry, and then they want to see where it goes. They don't want to talk about children and marriage and all these heavy topics. They don't even know if they like you yet let alone love you. So that comes with time. The more he gets to know you, the more he likes what he sees, he'll carry it on to the next date and the next date. And hopefully within 90 days, he might know if he's in love with you. So I agree with you on both of those counts. This statement is absolutely not accurate. Now, 
you take someone like me, after I got a divorce, I also went on eHarmony. And unlike your sister, I got like no replies. Really? Uh, Yeah, because if you're too picky, if you're too fussy, then nobody fits that criteria. But I feel like, okay, well, I'm at this level, so I want to have somebody that's at my level plus one. I mean, it's like I don't want somebody that's bottom of the barrel, so to speak. So anyway, I was getting zero replies, and they're like, well, you know what? Take the test over again. And I'm like, okay. So I took the test again, and I went for more of the middle. I went for more of the four to sevens, and I did away with the extremes. I did away with the ones and the twos and the nines and the tens, right? Right. And so, in essence, I broadened my search. So guess how many I got? Even with all that, I got three connections. One of the connections was in Chicago. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with somebody who's in Chicago? I'm in Los Angeles. I mean, I can't just hop on a plane every weekend. I mean, that's crazy. That one's not going to work. And then I finally did meet the other two, but there was not a connection there. So when you say if there's plenty of fish, so what does the owner of the site say? There's 29 points of whatever that he matches you up for. Yes, we matched up on the 29 points, but that's all well and good on paper, but in real life, sometimes there's still not a connection. Well, it's just that the reason I thought back to the two relationships that I've had, the ones that were serious, and they did not happen by by least expected. They happen, communication takes effort. Yeah. It takes effort. You have to be willing to talk on the phone, not be afraid to talk on the phone. You have to be willing to apologize when you do something wrong. You have to listen to what the other person is saying. Or if you say something that makes the other person feel bad or, you know, you need to be aware of that, you Mm -hmm. need to realize that. But that takes effort. And, I, I mean, I did not, for example, when I was diagnosed as being on the spectrum, the best growth that I experienced, didn't happen overnight. It became when I was aware mm-hmm. of what I was doing, aware of the mistakes. Like, this is one thing. When I was in college, I talked about boxing all of the time, okay? All of the time without fail. It was like boxing, 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 boxing all the time. Mm-hmm. And everybody in college, if they knew I had a podcast, they would immediately think it was a boxing podcast. I didn't oh. want to do that because I wanted to have be able to cover a broad range of shows. Wait, you were into boxing yourself, or were you just like attending boxing matches? I I, I, I watched it. Okay. You know? Yeah. But I didn't realize as I got older, until I got older, and when I started realizing, oh my god, I can't believe how often I'm talking about it. Oh. oh my God! I was never, I never talked about what the other person was interested in. I, it was always what I was. Oh, and it was like once I became aware of that. Yeah. Then I realized that I could relate a little bit better, and I could. You have to be able to do that. You can't just sit around and say, and that's why my show is is multi-topic. It's never been one topic, 
but I don't cut down the topic. I don't say, okay, well, you know, it would never work. I have to be able to be diverse. So I'm sort of the ability to talk about a wide range of topics is something that I have I have gotten better at. Yeah. By the way, for my audience, if you want to find Johnny, he's also on Blog Talk Radio, and the name of his show is Life, Laughter, and Happiness. Right. So catch him as well. Yeah, you know, you mentioned some of those things, and I bet you the male audience is cringing. Talking on the – you have to be able to like to talk on the phone, you said. Most men today – hate to talk on the phone. I mean, hate with a capital H exclamation point. They don't mind texting, but they really don't like to talk on the phone. Used to be, before they invented texting, maybe like 15 years ago, used to be the guys were okay with that, but they're not okay with it now. So I don't know how you get over that because girls do like to talk. So, Oh, actually, to be honest with you, it's funny that you say the girls like to talk. What I run into on in the dating sites is the girls do not like. Oh. What they do is they, what they'll do is they'll say, they'll say, okay, let's text. Yeah. Well, see the problem. This is the problem. Okay? Everyone's gotten lazy. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> see the problem is that from a man's perspective, okay, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the person I'm talking to is really a woman. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not a slam on anybody, per se. I need to make sure that the person I'm talking to is really who they say they are. And when the person says, okay, let's text, you know, for one, things get misunderstood with the text message. And two, it makes it so easy to pretend. You understand? Oh, okay. And, and pretend to be somebody else. Like, it's such a convenient thing, like, from a business standpoint, to tell somebody, I am this person. Okay, well, let's get on the phone. No. Seriously, somebody can pretend to be you. They can just say, I'm Linda Gross. I'm DT. You know? Yeah. Until you hear the voice, you don't have any proof that anything is real. And... I don't want to devote my time to something that isn't real. Yeah. What do you do to confirm that they're a real person? Well, first of all, I immediately go to the phone. And then if they don't want to go on the phone, I always offer ways of other apps where we can hear the person's voice. And there's tons of those. There's Skype. There's Facebook Messenger. There's Instagram Messenger. There's tons of WhatsApp and yeah. WhatsApp. There's lots of ways. So when somebody says, "Oh, I don't feel comfortable giving up my phone number," you don't have to give out your phone number. Right. Not anymore. Right. you You can get on Facebook and talk. You can say, but whenever a person says, "Well, uh, no, uh, uh," you know, they give you every excuse not to have you hear their voice. It's Sort of, it's uncomfortable because it makes me feel like, how seriously are you taking this? I mean, mm-hmm. don't you want me to feel at ease knowing that I know that you're real? I mean, don't you want me to be at peace with that instead? Unless the person has something to hide, then they don't, but... Well, yeah. 
I'm not going to sit around and talk to somebody on a text message. I mean, for one thing, okay, first of all, let's just, even if we stick with the phone. Yeah. It used to be that talking on the phone cost an arm and a leg. What I used to do when I was in college, and this is the way it was with my girlfriend, I would go to the local gas station Mm -hmm. and they would sell these phone cards. Mm -hmm. And the phone card would start off by saying $20 for 20 minutes, you know? And then I would get it. But the thing is, is that the next week, the advertisement changed. And it would say $20 for 36 minutes, okay? Uh And then the following week, it would say $20 for 50 minutes. $20 for 100 minutes. And it would get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And before long, now you don't even think about it. You just, and for countries that are not covered on your phone plane, you can just use Facebook Messenger and and WhatsApp and other things. There's no excuse not to hear your voice. So my daughter watches this show called Catfish. And I think they do have their voice. So even that's, like, not enough. Because there's phony baloney people on the other end all day long. I mean, that's the premise of the show, that they're pretending to be Mr. X when they're really Mr. Y, or worse. Well, okay, now tell me, how do they do it with the voice? People on Catfish, don't they listen to each other's voices? Yeah, you're on, like, Facebook audio or whatever, right? Oh, she's saying that they that they mask their voice by using okay. Google Talk. So again, they're really person okay. X. Real in reality, well, they're person let Y. Me, let me tell you how I handle that sort of thing. Okay, text messages. You're keeping everything short and sweet. Yeah. With the uh, what I would do differently is I would ask to talk to them via video. Okay, eventually. Because, yeah. see, the phone gives way to the video. Now, that's hard to do. You have to admit that's hard to do. Yes. I mean, I mean, how do you say, I mean, I wouldn't go for the video right away, but I. But you also have to remember that you are talking to somebody, and then if you're going to talk to them for weeks on end and not do anything video, then there's something wrong. I agree. You also have to realize, and even your daughter would agree, the technology to do video is pretty much universal now. I mean, let's talk about, first of all, let's assume you wanted to date someone. Let's assume that you're not willing to rule out long distance. But to make sure that we're not getting ridiculous, let's keep it within the United States, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's... That is ridiculous in its own. But let's keep it within the United States. Things that are essentially true about the United States. Okay. One, first of all, I every time I'm on a dating site and I see somebody who doesn't have a picture, okay, I'm thinking we live in the United States of America. Okay. There is probably, you are probably within, like, say, maybe two minutes away from 
at any given moment from somebody that can take your picture. And yeah. you are and upload it and have it be help you put up to your Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. So to not have a picture, you have no excuse. Now, if it's a personal or private thing because of your job, then that's fine. You'll just hear about it later. You know, mm-hmm. you'll see it later. They, they, they don't have to make it public. But to say they won't show you, that's just, no. Okay. I guess what I'm trying to say is is that if I'm a real person and I'm talking to you, I'm a real person, then eventually a video chat would be what we would have. Uh-huh. Now, sometimes, like, what I've noticed is, is that I'll talk to somebody and they'll tell me they're a college student. And then I'll uh-huh. trust them for their major and they can't tell me what their major is. Oh. Which is kind of odd. Or, but, or here's another one. I had a guy I talked to on the phone who comes and he's bragging that he just won the lottery. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, I said, well, let's talk on the phone. I would love to talk on the phone to somebody who won the lottery. I can't afford the phone call. Yeah, you have ways of pinning them to the wall. <laughs> well, the more you talk, the harder it is. Uh-huh. My philosophy is to ask lots of questions in the beginning because everything has to be consistent. But the ones who say, who never agreed to anything video, there's now I don't think you should do video in the beginning, obviously. Well, I just love these questions. You'll have to bring me some new ones that you come up with. But yeah, I think both of these comments, they are something that sounds really good, but it's not necessarily true. Right. A lot of ladies, they want to believe in love and they want to believe that it's just going to fall from the sky. Actually, the fall from the sky, a lot of men want love to fall from the sky because they're lazy and they don't want to put in the effort. So they no, really, no, they, they the really think, wants, yeah. The men want sex <laughs> to fall from the sky. They, yes. <laughs> you know, actually, you're going to love the. I don't know if you remember this or not, but you remember that person that wrote the book, Things Men Think About Besides Having Sex? Yes, exactly. And it's and, a thousand uh, pages long. It, uh, it was blank paper, and I thought, and actually, when I saw that, I got to thinking, the problem is, though, is that is that even in the book? I mean, you wouldn't write, couldn't write a book report on that, and it would take me two seconds to tell you everything that's in the book, and also, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason I asked that question about it being a book is, is that I got to thinking about it is because, okay, you... You really have worked hard on your book. It took you a lot of effort, okay? It doesn't require any effort to put a bunch of pieces of paper together. This book, or at least if you can call it that, was on the bestseller list. And it just doesn't seem very fair mm-hmm. to authors like you. I mean, what do you think about that? Things been think about besides... Oh. Yeah, because because it was funny, because it was funny and probably he had good marketing and a good publicist, et cetera, et cetera. But do you think that's fair to authors like you? No. (laughs) I I wish it were something different, but writing the actual piece, the creative part, is just such a small element. 90% 90% is what are you doing with the marketing? Because you could have the best book under the sun, but if no one knows about it, like, who cares? Well, Stephen King submitted a book under a different name, and nobody liked it. 
Oh, wow. I don't know if you knew that or not. I agree that there is something to the effect of having, I guess the point is, is that would you consider something like that a book in your opinion? No, but I mean, it's gimmicky. It was like those pet rocks and everything. They took off and they sold millions and millions of pet rocks. So was it worthy? Not really, but it was a funny gag gift. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. Why, thank you, Johnny. Great questions. I look forward to doing this again. And thank you for always supporting me and my show. And thanks for having me be a part of your show. I always enjoy it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Linda. All righty. Okay. Bye. We'll talk to you next time. All right. That wraps us up, folks. We were talking today about Johnny's dating questions. Love will happen when you least expect it. And there are plenty of fish. And he was wondering, are those two statements true or does it just sound good? (laughs) All right. We hope that you will join us next week right here on Blog Talk Radio. We have a a special guest coming up for uh, Tuesday. We'll be here Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. So bye for now, and we will catch you next time.